Hey, everybody. It's the Way of Rock Podcast with Jeff and Jack, episode 43. I almost didn't turn down the right channel. I see. We have a new theme. We have a theme. How you digging that? I do. I do dig the theme. Thanks for our good friend Zach Wilde for putting that together. <laughs> this is not something. Of course I'm lying. I'm trying to impress our listeners. I feel like you could have used a more believable... Zach Wilde would have had a pick squeal or two. That's true. That Yeah, that was a terrible example. Yeah, yeah. So... No, our, our thanks to the uh, you know the, the the nondescript guitar player that played that and sold it on the on the website. Tony Iommi. Actually, I do need to credit this. It's uh, you know what? <laughs> it's it's now gone. I'll never find it again. I see. Midnight Blue Music. What have you done? Oh, it's all falling apart. <laughs> Midnight right. Blue Music. Midnight Blue Music. They put that together, and they've got many, many themes out there on the internet that you can go out there and, and purchase for your podcast or your your commercial or your stand-up show or whatever it is you, you might need an intro your for. Your stand-up show. All right. So it has been a minute. It has been a minute. I don't we know. are recording here on July 4th, which in our country, the United States of America, is a holiday of some sort. Of some sort. It's, it's America's birthday, and I am of the opinion... That honestly, after like twenty one, stop with the birthdays. That goes for people. It goes for countries. Also, no one knows when Germany's birthday is. No I one think cares. that's. I don't think that's true. Like I, when I was in Switzerland, it was Switzerland's Independence Day on August first, I believe. Who are they getting independence from? I don't know. They've been around since forever. So you're saying to me that other countries celebrate? Other their countries birthday. do do that. Yes. All right, so it's not. It, it's it not, just seems odd. It me. isn't. A, it. I don't think other countries do it to the extent that and, America does it. And maybe it's just it. the way that we celebrate it that makes it super annoying. I think that's also part of it. Because it, the way that we celebrate Independence Day in America, is starting at about May first. <laughs> everybody goes to fireworks stores and just buys a bunch of cheap fireworks, and lights them off for two months. And so by the time you get to the Fourth of July, you hate fireworks so much. That you wish somebody would invade us and put a stop to it. Yes, and I'll. This might be false, but I'm gonna. I'll go with it because I heard it. Allegedly, you know the the Constitution and whatnot, and or maybe I guess it would have been the Declaration of Independence. Whatever significant event allegedly happened on July Fourth actually happened on July Third, but due to uh, you, the the limited technology, they had to uh, you know go get signatures from people to complete signing the document. Yes. And that didn't happen until July 4th. But, you know, all the heavy lifting happened on July 3rd. So technically, if we're going to be specific here, um, July 3rd should be Independence Day. But that's... Uh, well, happy birthday, America. Yeah. I think it should be left at that. All the rest of it I can do without, but <laughs> that's just me. I see. July 4th is one of those holidays that when you have little kids, you have to get into it. And then once your little kids are gone or grown up, then you don't have to anymore. Also, it's like Easter. Ju- July 4th seems like it's it's kind of a midpoint in the summer, but it's also like... I've always viewed it as the end of the summer. How about that? Well, I, that's what I was going to go with is like... T- it's, it's the beginning of the end. The way that time works, it's the middle of summer. It is, but it. But it, the minute you get past July 4th, suddenly you're back do, yeah. in school. It, it, it goes it, quickly. Yeah, it, 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 it does do that. It, the summer is Memorial Day to July 4th, and then a lot of hot weather where you have to do stuff. Precisely. 
All right. So, like we said, it's been a minute. We cannot get in the same town at the same time. Something We've like been traveling quite a bit for work, for, for pleasure. Something like that. We've been to Texas. I've been to Texas. We've both been to Colorado. You just got back from Florida. I did. Without You went to Florida without somebody paying you, which, which makes me laugh. Yeah. For, for our international listeners, Florida is somewhere where you only go if someone's paying you. Florida's, uh, Florida's Florida. I don't know if other countries have that equivalent. You're like, but you're also like the only one in the country that, that agrees with that. Oh, no, that's not true. Like, the majority of the country is very pro-Florida. Florida catches I, a here's lot of Here's a funny story. I was in Florida. just for me. I was one of a trip at a gas station, and the people that I was with commented on, like, no, it was the first, it was, uh, it was one of the beaches, and they complained that there was, like, old people there. And I was like, that's Florida. what Flo- I was like, that's what Florida is. It's just a bunch of retirees. Yeah, when you get south of well, retirees and felons. But yeah, once you get south of like Orlando, then you're you're in retireeville. Yeah. But when you get about, I don't know, I want to say sixty feet from the ocean, then you're in felonville. I will say, but the ocean does provide a decent breeze. It does, but yeah, then it gets super hot once you get on the on the other side of the sidewalk. It does. But we'll still we have we have listeners in Florida. I don't want also, to um, the Way of Rock. Send your angry emails to the Jack Way of Rock's me. favorite band hails from Florida. One of your favorite bands. I no, I dig Trivium. That's why I just said the Way of Rock's favorite band. They, they do live in uh, Orlando. Like, Orlando, right? yeah. I, I actually saw. I, I was on one of uh, Matt's streams over the weekend. Oh, where you did? Did you do like you did when you were in Milan and look them up on Google? No, Maps? that was actually a fun story. <laughs> um, for. For context, I was in Milan, Italy, what at a time, and I I just kind of like jokingly just typed Lacuna Coil. No, I think I, I think I googled Lacuna Coil to see if they were from Milan. I think I was checking myself. Yeah. Well, we knew that. Well, I don't. I don't. I think at that time I was just double checking to make sure that they were in Milan. And there was a maps like you could click on something that was a maps thing, and then it took you to a place in Milan, Italy called Lacuna Coil. Yeah. Um, which we presumed to be their... Got to be their offices their or something. Offices. It didn't like, take you to Christina's house. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would be an unfortunate mistake on her part. Yeah, that would. But uh, that was a... We, I didn't go. I wanted to. I didn't. Um, <laughs> you would have been disappointed. I'm sure it was oh, like I'm, an office building. I, I or, would have. Or probably some like dopey uh, Lacuna Coil fan who, who thinks it's fun to just put them Bother on Google them. Maps. Yeah. <laughs> This was this reminds me of a at Arturo's house. Re- <laughs> and on, on, Andrea is what you're trying to say. He uh, invites you in to listen. Uh, to there's the no Colonel Arturo. There um is reminds me of a funny story. This is not music related, but I wasn't going for the other lead singer of. I was just picking. You a don't know who Arturo name. is. Um, it's just a generic stop, name. I thought. Stop of. talking. There was a. I don't remember what city this was in. Or where it was, but we were looking. You'll remember this. We were looking for a Mexican restaurant. That was in Columbia, okay. Missouri. And we kept typing in the Mexican restaurant, and they would like take us to like an apartment. An apartment complex. building, which I Isn't, imagine was the home office of the guy that owned that restaurant. Which there was no Mexican restaurant in the apartment and, complex. And yeah, they would not feed us there. They did not. No, because <laughs> Google Maps. All right. And now that restaurant is closed. Yeah, so. I I drove by it. Um, with you. I was gonna say recently, but you were in the vehicle. I was. We were gonna eat there. We were no. We weren't gonna eat there. It was just when we were coming home from a separate thing more recently. 
Okay, well, now that we've uh, totally rambled on here for, for no apparent reason. Listen, I thought that was entertaining. We are back in business. It's uh, it's midsummer here in our part of the world, which means it's it's terribly hot. It is. We've been very, very busy, but we are we have big plans here for this podcast we do, we do. over the coming weeks. We're going to do probably one more show in July. Then we're going to kind of revamp things. We are going virtual again. We're going to go virtual again. We are going to bring back the video aspect of it. We are going to post weekly, which we've been terrible about. Yes. Our last, I looked at at, at the, uh, the, the, the podcast deal, the app. And June 8th was our last posting. Ooh, so what, yeah, what did we they, talk about? We talked about the new Black Keys album. We did. So that um, was the Black Keys album. Yeah, and then there was another new album we talked about. but There was. I uh, oh, uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron yeah, Jones. Yeah, that was our kind of blues episode. Yes. And it's still there if people would like to listen to it. But we are going to we're, uh, rapid fire. Rapid well, fire. It's going to be like for us. It's going to be a weekly podcast. We're going to bring back that video aspect so you can watch it on YouTube. I'm very hesitant about the video aspect part of it. I, I just feel like it's because I I I listen to podcasts. I don't watch them. I, I can't in my mind. I can't imagine sitting down and watching a podcast. But people do it. See, I don't watch a podcast. Well, okay. If the, a podcast has a video element, I will turn it on. But in this is also the, this goes to the same for every podcast. Oh, I, when I because I listen to a lot of podcasts, but whenever I'm listening to a podcast, that's not the uh, the sole activity that's happening. Exactly, you listen so, while you're doing something. But whenever I'm doing things, I do also watch a, a lot of YouTube, whether it be whatever it is. Like I, I, I enjoy but, watching clips of podcasts, like two three minutes long, if I'm scanning YouTube. But I, I can't sit in front of a of YouTube for an hour and watch I can. A, a podcast. I just can't do it. That's what that's what you 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 set it in to you to your background activity. Then you're not really watching it; you're listening to it. You're listening to it, but the video element's there if you want to tune in. Right, I guess. There's, like I said, no. I'm just saying it's not for me, but I will cater to that. That that you know that, that people like to do that. I I will, I will appease them. I'm happy that you're endorsing the idea that YouTube could be a profitable uh, <laughs> idea. Not really. That, don't even. That's such a bad take. The guys on YouTube make so much money. Well, yeah, if they're like opening birthday presents or something, they're, they're, no one's doing cool stuff. That's a make bad. Money, are they? That, was, that was a bad Ryan's toy reviews. Well, look, I reference. got I got mail. Let me uh, get my camera out so I can open it for people. Those I, are the most popular channels. I think you have a gross <laughs> misunderstanding of how that that website works. Maybe I do. You do. And maybe it's because it's not user friendly, so I don't use it very much. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't. I I like to use it for entertainment, yes, but I also like to use it for the occasional instruction. And I hate when I'm in the middle of a, a five minute instruction video to, I don't know, put new brakes on a car or something like that. And two minutes into the video, just without warning, there's a commercial. So I've got my 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 wrench halfway in. I'm all you know. Good to go, and I got to sit through a, the the what's the the emu commercial? The emu. But at, on the flip side, there's a justification to most things. Now, 
Now, of course, there's ways that YouTube could improve their ad system. There's lots of ways. But I don't, I don't mind ads. I don't like when they're they're done stupidly. It gets annoying, but it's you know. It's, there's ways they could do it. They, they just don't care because everybody is going to sit and watch people, you know, open up Hershey's Kisses. It's not what happens on YouTube. It's the most popular video there that's, is. That's not no seven it, year olds opening Hershey's Kisses. That's that's literally one channel. And that's not what it is. I don't want to go on a YouTube tangent, but that's not what's happening. Well, we will be back on YouTube. We'll build back. So we'll starting back in August, YouTube. we will be back weekly. Okay. We will be back on YouTube. Okay. And we are going to start incorporating some interviews. Huh. Not not too many. Not too many. Because then you know. Then it gets to be an interview-heavy show, which I'm also not interested in doing. I see. But I do get inquiries and emails from people that I would like to talk to, and and I just haven't. I've been collecting them, kind of, you know, biding my time. By the time I contact them, they're going to be like, "Who are you?" <laughs> but but I do want to do maybe like uh like one a month, maybe something okay. like that. I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. Yes. No need to put a criteria behind things. I hate criteria. Yeah, I, I kind of do too, which is why I'm not really committing yeah, to it. That's why this might be our last podcast ever. <laughs> but this summer has turned into it, it, we went from zero to sixty with no live music, and now it's nothing but live music. Something like that. And it it all gets started for you next week. It does. And. Then after that, there's so many concerts on the concert calendar that I have I've already forgotten about some of them that we have tickets for. And and then I'm like, oh god, I, I got to remember not to schedule anything because that's when we're going to see you know so and so, because everybody came back with a vengeance at the same time. They did, because um, uh, I don't, I don't I, it was because like I, and it, this is gonna sound like I'm mansplaining which i didn't want to do but yeah just because uh there's no females in this audience just because you know usually we have a lot of bands kind of have like maybe some type of alternating schedule where you know they'll take a year on take a year off why not none of that happened because everyone got their off year so everyone's just back at once everyone's back except for the like as we've talked about before the really big tours are still not doing it yes they can but wait but the the tours that are hitting you know twenty thousand seaters and and less they're they're all coming back with a vengeance and not only are the tours coming back and this this is actually surprising to me in in our little neck of the woods we've got two or three new concert venues Mm. so and we there's do. there's acts coming into that. So the, the 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 places that have been around forever have a bunch of acts coming in. And then we've got at, at least 3 that I can think of over the top of my head that are bringing in acts. Yes. So I saw a tour, sorry to interrupt you. Um is a European tour, is a Sabaton, Sabaton tour. Now I can't remember. I don't know why I brought this up, but I you saying that reminded me of the new venue that Sabaton is playing at. They're opening for Judas Priest. They you know? are. Yes. Yeah. They announced a European tour, but they had a cool opener. I just can't think of who that opener is at the moment. I see. Glad you brought that up. I I, I know. Like I said, I don't know why I brought that up. So but. yeah, we have we have uh, you know bands like Judas Priest coming, and and we've not been to that venue yet, so I don't know how big it is. I'm gonna guess five, six thousand, maybe five to eight. For reference, uh, Judas Priest played. Well, I know where they played last time, okay. which was what I was okay. in my head, 
and thinking of the other bands that play in this new venue, which is an outdoor venue, a smaller amphitheater. We've got Faith No More coming into it. Um, Judas Priest is coming into it. Is that where 311 is playing? I'm not sure, but I just looked up the uh, Sabaton opener, and the reason I brought it up, because I remembered the opener was cool, it's The Hue. Ah, yes, The Hue. The Hue and Sabaton are going on a European tour. Together. And The Hue is opening for someone here in the States, too, aren't they? Didn't they we just talk about that the other day? opening for The Hailstorm? Yes, Hailstorm is Hailstorm. going on a tour with The Hue. With the Hue. So that'll be good. That is good. There's a... Yeah, there, there's just tons. I, we have tickets for, I know, you're going to Rockfest in Wisconsin. I am doing that. That's in a, a couple of weeks. Um, we've got tickets to the Foo Fighters coming up in August. We've got tickets to Corn and Stained coming up in August. We've got tickets to a couple of smaller... These are all shows that I'm not going to. Like club shows that are... There's a couple of them that are kind of more country-oriented. You're going to a country show. I said more country-oriented. More like Americana, I guess. Just move on from that. Um, tickets uh, to shows that I still haven't gotten yet that are coming. I, I need to get my Avatar tickets. Uh, yes, Avatar. Black um, Label. We're going to try to do that. Black Label, yeah. And that's what I mean. I, I keep forget. I have to keep a master list because there's so many. List. So hopefully people are experiencing this wherever they live. Well, the Europeans have been doing this for like the last year because... Uh, Europe uh, figured their 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 stuff. Well, up. did they? I thought they. I don't know. I just because it seems like all the big tours are next year. All I've seen is just like ever since like the winter of last year, European shows started getting announced. I don't follow. They're announced, but I think they're all in 2022. I don't, I don't think any that. of them are this year. It's, well, European Europe does their dates wrong, so there's no way of telling when they are. You're just angering every European that listens because the entire world does their dates the same, except for the United States. And I think, I think when the Europeans like explain it, it makes so it much makes more t- total sense because we have a mutual friend who hails from Europe. Because how does America Ireland do it? to be more specific? They do it month, day, we do year, month, day, year. What the do Europeans they... do it day, month, year? Yeah, see that makes sense. It does make sense. So does the metric system. But we the metric system makes so much sense. <laughs> but. We like to do things the hard way in this Here's country. a question for our European listeners. We were having this debate yesterday while watching rugby. How does rugby work? No, no, no. Okay, yeah. <laughs> First off, how does rugby work? We're very interested in that. Second, we know that North Ireland and England aren't friends, but then we... Is it all of Ireland that doesn't like England, just the Norths We have something? a resource that can answer that question not 15 minutes from our house. I don't know that we need to put that out to... The podcast audience. Well, we would like to learn more about Europe. <laughs> so if you're a European... Email us at it's the way of rock it's at the way, I Even if you... Just, also, any Florida residents that are pissed at us, you can also email us at it's the way rock at I don't want to talk to Floridians. Unless you're Matthew Heafy. I'll talk to Matthew Heafy. Matt, if you're out there, email us at it's the way of rock at that gmail.com. <laughs> Voice your displeasure with every, all the bad things that Jack said about Florida. I didn't say anything bad about Florida. You're the one that I was just in Florida. I had a fine time in Florida. <laughs> I don't know why I was in Orlando, but did you actually make it to Orlando? That's not like I drove past Universal at a point. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You told me that. Yes. Yeah, there's unless you have five year old kids, there's zero reason to go to that. I time. don't actually know where I was at like really any points because I wasn't driving, and whenever I was in the back seat, I was laying down. Because if you're not going to Disney, there's no reason to go there. And if, yeah, and if your kids fair. aren't five years old, there's no reason to go to Disney. 
Yeah, it's well. I don't know if I'll go that far. Disney has a cool Star Wars exhibit now called. Uh, Do they? Uh, I don't know what it's called. It's canon though, so if you go there, you're basically like a part of the Star Wars universe. We're about like forty five minutes in, and we haven't talked about music. We haven't. Um, we are going to talk about the new Light the Torch album. Okay, are we doing that now? We're going to do that after the break. After the break? Yeah. Okay. I was leading up to it, you know, making small talk. We haven't had, we haven't talked in a we while. We haven't. I but we'd, we haven't. You know, get reacquainted. And I feel like we're, I feel like we're being moderately entertaining right now. But I just want to. Why are you trying to move it on? I'm not trying to move it on. I just feel like some might be cross right now. Oh, everyone's cross. There's 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 no denying that. But uh, yeah, no, I just want to tell everybody we were going to do with the I podcast. Know. And then we you know? then we started talking about rugby. Rugby is a very rock and roll sport. Rugby is a is it. Rugby is a cool sport. So. It's, it's what constitutes without pads? What constitutes a rock and roll sport? I think rugby's a rock and roll sport. If we're gonna I be, think, if we're gonna argue, I, I think, think hockey's a rock. Nothing's and roll a sport. rock and roll sport because I don't really like. Out, there's like I think oh, MMA is a, a rock and roll sport. I'll give you that. Nah, but even though, even then, I don't know if I will give you that. And I'll explain. Most like you have your your rock star, and I, this is gonna be more oriented to rock fans than okay. I'm going to just, without going too deep, you've been to rock shows before. No one there is playing sports. No, no, I don't right? mean it that way. So then what? I mean it in the way that those sports are, they're, they're, they have a lot of action, they're, they're intense, they're a little rebellious. Other sports have, I mean, other genres have that. Listen, okay. I'm just saying that I think that the comparison that you made was made more out of bias than anything concrete. If you're watching hockey, yes. What music are they playing over the loudspeaker? Probably like jump. Are they playing a lot of hot jazz? Well, no, okay, well, no, because hockey's roll. not a hot jazz sport. But you can make the argument it's a rock and roll sport. You can make an argument that it's multiple things. I've never heard any other music at a hockey game. And well, that's just because rock and roll has it's a rock and roll. It sport. lends itself to it's, stadium it's sounds. Fast. It lends it's, itself it's to stadium intense. sounds. You could you could make the argument that rap is like that in times. You could, and th- that doesn't bother me. I don't view hockey as a as a rap sport. How about that? <laughs> okay. I'll give I'll give you I'll give you like, MMA or boxing can be rap sports. What is baseball? Yeah, baseball is kind of uh, is baseball a country sport. You could go maybe could you, country. Could you go smooth jazz for baseball? I was gonna say you could even probably go a little smooth jazz. Smooth jazz for baseball. Yeah, maybe even classical. What's what genre? Any, whatever you relax to, that's what baseball is. <laughs> what baseball is a relaxing sport. What is tennis? Is tennis a rock and roll sport? It's very fast paced. There's a lot going it on. It can be until okay. they hit the ball out of bounds, and then it's ten <laughs> minutes of you know who's got the ball. That's not true. There's a they lot have of other, they have other balls. There's a lot of things going on in the world of sports right now. Like like the international sports scene is busting right now. And it, Back to my original point. K- yeah, carry Rugby on. is a rock and roll sport. We don't know how it works. We don't. It's but very we do enjoy watching it. There's. It seems to be chaos. It is chaos. I don't think it seems to be chaos. I think it just is chaos. Like, what's the triangular pyramid? We're not going down. It's not the way of rugby. We're not gonna. We're not gonna <laughs> we get into it. Start that. We should. But it is a rock and roll sport. Okay. Let's leave it at that. Leave it at that. And I don't even know what we were talking about before we got into that. We weren't really talking about anything. We haven't talked about a single thing this, <laughs> we haven't. this entire time. Like I said, it's been a while. We've got to catch up. I'm, I'm just, I don't want to introduce any of our little topics here, so I'm just letting you well, we've go. We've already and, done two of them. 
I don't think we have. Well, you talked. We talked about concerts. Then you mentioned light the torch, and then shut me down when yeah, I try t- to say anything. We talked about the future of the podcast. We're going to talk about light the torch in a minute. If you'll just hang on. Okay. Well, I didn't. I was going to preview our uh, our 1991 talk. Okay. Well, I was. I was. I wanted to let you introduce that before so, I mentioned it. It's not really a topic of the show, but I guess it is. But as you know, a couple weeks ago, I ran across, I think it was a post from Eddie Trunk, and he was he was announcing that it was the 30th anniversary of Skid Row's um, Slave to the Grind Skid album. Skid Row, my favorite. Which I remember that album coming out very, very clearly, because at that time, that's when record stores started this new system of tracking sales, where okay. it was all done digitally. Uh-huh. I think before that it was all like, oh, okay, I sold uh, 10 Van Halen albums today and they'd write that down and mail it in somewhere and that's how they would come up with the top albums of the week. But they started this new digital system where as soon as they scanned it at the cash register, it went into the, you know, what what passed for the internet back then and all the sales were recorded very, you know, accurately. And Skid Row, I think, was the first album that, or the first rock album anyway, released under that system that debuted at number one. And then that got me thinking, right after that album was released, two of your favorite albums were released and also debuted at number one that year, 1991. That was Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. 1 and 2, yes. Came out on the same day. I remember it clearly. I remember going to buy them. You had to buy both of them separately. The blue one, the yellow one, sold in, in separate packages. Yes. You could buy one or you could buy both. But who would buy one? If you had to buy one retroactively if i had to buy one i I used to have this argument in my head because back then cds cost like 15 bucks and and as a broke college student i had to come up with 30 bucks or so to 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 buy my guns and roses albums so i think i was already trying to make that choice in my head okay well well, but you can't make that choice going into it because you don't know what's happening that's what i'm saying retroactively i knew what songs were on them you could go to the record store and look well yeah but was every song released in no, no, no. You but, couldn't go to there, YouTube and let. But there were probably were although, four or five. Of knowing them. what you what you've said, you wouldn't go to YouTube and listen to them anyway because you hate YouTube. So my my question to you now is: after you've listened to both albums for the last thirty years, which one would you buy? And I was going to say I've already had to have that discussion but, in my head. But, Hang on, and that answer has not changed. But I had to. I had to possibly make that choice which one i was going to buy first and there were songs that were released it's not like uh, you went to yeah, those albums like three totally i don't I, that's a small sample size i don't believe that my answer is the yellow one okay how much of that is november rain <laughs> it's a goodly portion okay um you could be mine is on that one now we're gonna have to pull this we're, we're not doing this right now because my whole point of bringing it up was that we were going to have a whole show next week? I just wanted oh of just use your illusion one and two. I didn't know we were doing that. All right, you did. I forgot. If you ever attended production meetings awake? <laughs> well, I'm excited about that. I have yeah, we're we're going to dedicate an entire show okay, to fine. use your illusion one and two because you could tell me these things. Those but... were hands down the greatest albums released in 1991. That's the year that Nevermind was released. It was, and that was a fine album. That it was... wasn't. <laughs> But 1991 was an incredible year for rock and roll albums, which is why I brought up this list that we were looking at earlier. 
you got all like well, wrapped well, up in the rankings, which it's just these the, the guys that made the website. Just well, ignore it's the that. same time. Like when remember when Loudwire made the the best ghost songs? Yeah, you got all triggered by that. Too. And they put Jugolo Harmagedo at like number thirty six, when that's like a top twenty song. My point is, and this this list isn't even just rock and roll albums. There's a bunch of yeah, stupid of, albums like Mariah Carey, and there were some terrible albums released in 1991. Yeah, I too. see a Smashing Pumpkins album was released. That one actually wasn't bad. Unfort- unfortunately, right before that, there's a Queen album. Gish wasn't bad. That one was released. That was a terrible album. Um, that was post. I guess Freddie died later that year, so that was their last album. I see, but it was awful. Um, but we, anyway, my point is, if you just stick with the rock albums, well, that's, I know. that's the year No More Tears came out. Yeah, I was going to say No More. With Zach Wilde. No More Tears. That was the year that For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge came out. Which might be the best Van Halen album. That was the year that, and and we talked about this a couple shows ago, and it's it was lost to uh, technical, technological errors. Uh, this is the Lost episode. Yeah, the, the Temple of the Dog album Temple came out Temple of year. the Dog. Bad Motor Finger. Came out that year by Soundgarden. I know that you're not going to want me to ask this question. Where can I have the number associated with Bad Motor Finger? I, they've got it at thirteen. <sighs> okay, and, and my last com- ranking compare uh, again. Complaint, this, which this is, you'll you might agree with this. I don't like that just by out of default of since it was the one illusions one and two that they're next to each other. I don't. There's this is like a this is like a hundred albums deep but somehow the same albums that are the same album are next to each other that bothers me well they should be counted as one album and that's fair and i, I would allow that the, but i the black album by metallica came out in 1991 i'm bipolar on that album actually that brings up a good point though have you seen what they're doing with the black album i have not oh so i don't know what it's called because it's called something like blackest hits or something but it's like this 53 track long cover compilation it's like the killer queen thing and like oh, when they yeah, do stuff yeah yeah like the 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 tribute album thing. yeah but it's so like royal blood's on there right right there's a lot of cool bands that are on it um we can talk more about that in the yeah, future yeah yeah we, we will and I'm, I'm excited about that because tribute albums used to be the thing back yeah. in the 90s everybody had a, a cool tribute album and it kind of fell out of favor and I'm, I'm glad to see that's coming back yeah, because uh, the Killer Queen album, at least, I know Breaking Benjamin and Shinedown have both done their covers, and the Shinedown cover of Tie Your Mother Down is probably 60% of the reason that's my favorite Queen song. <laughs> also, that's the only good Queen song. So. 10 came out that year by Pearl Jam. That was their debut album. Yes. Which, 30 years later, I'm a, I'm a little burned out on it, so a song from 10 comes on, I tend to turn it. This isn't a rankings uh, question, but it is. Did they rank that at number 10 because they thought it was cute? No, it's number two. What's number 10? Um, Cypress Hill. That's number one. Get that out of here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Nevermind's number one. That's the one with Insane in the Brain. Yes. That's um, the only Cypress Hill song. Yeah, Blood Sugar. Sex Magic came out that year, produced by Rick Rubin. That was their breakout album. I mean, that was just a great year for music. I don't disagree. I just think it would be better if Nevermind... Didn't get Even getting away from the the rock that we listened to, there was some other artists that had, like Matthew Sweet. Um, I think the Public Audio. Im- what are you trying to say? Well, I'm mixing up bands. Public Image Limited and Big Audio Dynamite. I saw them on the same tour, so I, I confused. I see. Their, I see. I see. And they both use initials. Uh, Mr. Big Lean Into It came out that year. That was a huge album. 
yeah, tons and tons of good good music. But anyway, we're gonna focus on the two best. Okay. Use your Be- illusion one and two. Okay. And I have one last question. I don't know if you want we're preparing to wrap this up or not, but because I've been really mean to never mind. What songs other than Smells Like Teen Spirit are is that like in bloom? All their songs. That's it's essentially their greatest hits album. What other albums does Nirvana have? I don't know. I I try like really hard to not associate any part of my day to Nirvana. I mean, I I'm fine with like, Nirvana. I think they're way overrated. I like Nirvana. I'm glad they gave us. I'm glad they gave us Dave Grohl. Nirvana ruins Foo Fighters for like a little bit. Like I think about how Dave Grohl was in Nirvana, and and with that being said. Dave Grohl is like a very like one of the brightest spots in Nirvana because you listen to a Nirvana song and the drumming's very competent because it's a lot of flams and cool techniques right. that because Dave, Dave Grohl's a good drummer. I don't care about Kurt Cobain's voice at all, and I also that's I, fine. I mean, it, it was a punk rock album. It was fine. I don't. I, like I said it, it. It hit at a certain point. I think it's it. It, it's super overrated. Like, but it's fine. It's a good album. Like, I think the issue with Nirvana. It smells like Teen Spirit's a great song. It's, it's a great song. You're just a little burned out. The on it issue. It's on the radio every 10 the minutes. issue with and you learned how to play it in like three minutes. Well, yeah, everyone does. That's <laughs> the first song you learn. The issue with Nirvana is that, for whatever reason, they are the most legendary of the Seattle bands, and they're without question the worst. Well, I don't know if they're the worst, but they're not in the top three. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but you, you, you take a general, like a nationwide poll of the people that are competent enough. It's competence a mean word. Like they know what they're talking about it's, to answer it's, it. It's the way that like media works. They got all of the credit for an entire musical movement, which is my issue because yeah. like, and it always was my, it was mine back then. Because Nevermind wasn't even the first one of those albums released. In yeah. fact, Alice in Chains was the first Seattle band I was ever aware of. I'm assuming you're... In the 90s. Is, 90s. Your, is your top three, are, in no particular order, are you going Soundgarden, Alice, and Pearl Jam? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if Pearl Jam... I knew Soundgarden and Alice were number two. I don't know if there maybe was a third one that I was forgetting. And then you get like Mud Honey in there. No one knows who they are. Um, you have uh, Stone Temple you, Pilots. You get Mother Love Bone in there. St- Stone Temple Pilots is a lot better than they're Nirvana's. They're from San Diego. They are? Yeah. They're not a Seattle Really? Band. They just tried to sound like one. <laughs> I, th- I thought they were a Seattle band. No, no. San Diego. Is Scott Weiland from Seattle? I don't think They have a Seattle tie is, somewhere. I don't, I don't I think it's I think they do. California. I think they do. I'll look it up. Go ahead and look it up. Look that up, Jamie. <laughs> We really need a Jamie. We do. There was an episode where they called him, uh, they called Jamie like Google Man or something. I thought that was really funny. Apparently somebody registered the the domain. They trademarked pull, Jamie? Pull that up, Jamie. I see. And there's a website. You can keep talking while I'm typing. I here, am. So, I can't. Know, sorry, I was. Th- th- that goes into dead air. Sorry, I was, I was enthralled Don't by. Don't stare at me typing. I, was, I wasn't, I was staring at the thing. You're going to be disappointed when you An learn. American rock band from San Diego, California. No, I don't care about them anymore. Find Scott Weiland and yes. tell me where he's from. I imagine he's from San Diego. Where? No, he's not. He's from... They have a Seattle tie somewhere, I swear. I've. There's no way that... Their Seattle tie is that Duff was in the band, and he's from Seattle. Duff was... What? Duff was in Velvet Revolver. Well, yeah, we knew that. I thought... He, he's, that's not Stone Temple. Okay, that's fine. If there, there's no Seattle ties, then... I've been taught wrong my entire life. 
Are you not? Yeah, a... the, his uh, his his Wikipedia does not say. Well, look, just look at his birthplace. It's but not the, saying. That is, well, point. you know, you got to look down under his picture. Under he, his he picture. He was born in San Jose. Oh. Are you okay. happy? So he's a Sharks fan. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. He lived a while in Ohio. And, oh. then, and then back to Huntington Beach. See, I okay. thought I, th- I thought he had a more of an L.A. Um, okay. connection, and that would be Huntington Beach, basically. I, okay, I, I'll, uh, I'll I'll stand down. So yeah, STP is from San Diego. Okay. So yeah, your, your best Seattle bands from the '90s are, in fact, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and Pearl Jam. I don't have the. Uh, I'm not as annoyed by Nirvana as you are for some reason. Oh, I'm annoyed with Nirvana. But. It's, I, they it's are too much. they are vastly overrated. It's too much. Vastly. Vastly. And when you ask, you know, if that album had a, their hit song, that album has their songs. Okay. They had they did release one more album that I think had like uh, like "Rape Me" was on that. Get demonetized. Be careful. I don't. Yeah, right. I don't even know what other, what else is on that album. That, but yeah, they basically had two albums. I can't tell you any other like Nirvana album covers. It was the. The one with the baby. The one with the baby. And then the in utero had, it was like an angel, some sort of angel yeah, skeleton or something. I, I don't know. That could be like seven album covers. <laughs> it was an inconsequential album to me. So It's an inconsequential inqu- band. I was, I was Sorry, way was more me. into what Alice and, and Soundgarden were doing. So we're talking about Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 next week. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Deep dive into Use Your Illusion Deep dive. 1 and 2. Okay. Fantastic albums. Didn't come without some uh, some controversy. Some controversy with with fans and with within the band. There was much controversy within the band. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially with that album and the recording of that album. When are we going to do the spaghetti incident episode? <laughs> See, that was uh. I do like that album. I don't care what anybody says. I like that album. I don't know how much I've listened to it. Um, I used to listen to it constantly when it came out. I have a thing where. If I don't particularly like, if I don't like the original version of a song slash don't know if I or if I don't know the original version of a song, I have a really hard time getting into the cover. Like I can listen to a cover and enjoy just fine, but I'll have a hard time getting into it. And so the only one that I've really like memorably listened to off that album is Attitude, and that's just because of that concert that we watched. Yeah, but I remember you, Attitude I mean, fairly. You didn't even. Like I don't know that those were covers. Yeah, as far I don't, as you knew, they were all just GNR songs. But I've like I don't know if I've really ever listened to it just because they're all covers. And I'm like, you should oh, listen to it. Maybe it's a, good al- it's a good album. Maybe I should. They do a version of "Hair of the Dog" by Nazareth. They do the uh, the Charles Manson tune. The Charles Manson tune. Yeah, look at your game, girl. Interesting. Um, they do... am I allowed to say I'm a fan of Charles Manson music? <laughs> Is will that get us canceled? I was. Who was I listening to that was talking about this? It might have been Quentin Tarantino. Quentin. He was on Joe Rogan. And no, he talked about Manson, but he didn't talk about the musical aspect of it. They, they were talking. It, the subject was was people who have done horrible things, but that do have an artistic talent. Which a lot of people throw Quinn Tarantino in that uh, range for some reason. <laughs> he gets a lot of flack for no reason. I don't he does. And he's he's one of our greatest directors in ever lived. Yeah, he's made easily the the third or fourth best movie ever made. And every movie that he's ever made is awesome. Okay. Is it not? Well, I, I, I don't watch a lot of movies. Can you name me a bad Quentin Tarantino movie? I've only seen like a few. Are any of them bad? Well, no. Okay. But also, this this brings into a, a, a thing. My point was that 
whoever was saying this, and it wasn't Quentin Tarantino, so sorry, Quentin, I didn't mean to bring you into this, was that as awful of a person as Charles Manson was, he did have a bit of songwriting talent. He had, he did. And I would go as far as say, um, when Marilyn, not Manson, not Marilyn, when <laughs> Charles Manson died, that happened a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Within the last when that happened, years. the Marilyn Manson cover of Six City kind of regained. Cause it did. And a lot of people are upset about it because people, people are upset about everything. I was like, if you're going to get mad at Marilyn Manson, there's a lot of reasons that you can get mad at Marilyn Manson. His Charles cover isn't one of them. Right. Maybe all the girls he's raped. Yeah. Again, you, we, you're going to get demonetized. You have to be careful. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. What was I going to say? But I then I went back. So I listened to the Marilyn Manson. I was like, eh. Then I went and listened to the Charles version. I was like, this is a really cool song. But I don't, I'm not allowed to say and that. The guy had a little bit of, a he little did. Bit of songwriting and, and it's like very, I think, is going to sound kind of goofy. But the fact that it is it is Charles Manson, I think it adds a little bit to it. Because you're like, this is kind of creepy. But also, like, it's a... Well, it also lends to one of the theories of why those murders happened in the first place. Because... He was trying to get a recording contract with Terry Melcher, who was connected with the Beach Boys. Ah, uh, yes, um, the Beach Boys. And they were trying to distance themselves from him because he was a little wacky, and he kept bringing back, bringing by all these like homeless hippies, and they were like, well, we don't want you here. But the house where the murders took place, and I might be butchering this story, and I apologize if I am, but the house where the Tate-LaBianca murders took place was where Terry Melcher used to live. So one of the theories is that Charles Manson was so cross that he told every he told his minions to kill everybody in that house thinking that it was Terry Melcher's house still. But Terry Melcher had moved on. Other people were living in that house that tragically got killed. And that's that's one of the theories that have been floated around and and I I just read a book called Chaos by Tom O'Neill about the Charles Manson murders and, and a lot of the theories that go into it. And he, he kind of downplays that one, but, but there was that connection. He was trying to get a musical career started and, and they were trying to basically just like distance themselves from him because he's a little wacky. He was a little wacky. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk about that light, the torch album. And we are back on the way of rock podcast. I'm Jack over there is Jeff in this, uh, we're gonna we're gonna hop in. Got a few albums to talk about. Only one that's an album album. Yes, but uh, brand new light the torch. Brand new light the torch. So your introduction to light the torch roughly was seeing them open for Trivium. Is that correct? Yes, and I couldn't remember what show it was. So that was that we saw them. That was Trivium, so that was Avatar, Trivium and Avatar, light the torch, light the torch. That that's a fine lineup. That right was there. a fine lineup. That was the tour that shortly after we saw them, maybe a week, week and a half. Um, Matt's wife gave. Birth, birth to the twins. Birth to the twins. So Matt had to leave the tour. The tour continued with Johannes and Howard Jones kind of filling in for Matt with Trivium. Which would have been, I'm glad we saw Yes, everybody. I say this all the time. But it would have been interesting. It would have been really cool yeah. to see that, yeah. That's like, that's, like when we saw Zach, Zach Sabbath twice in a week. Yes. I would have liked to see something like that. Like, I want to see the... The full because we saw Zach Sabbath in a club where he was the headliner doing right. his thing, but then we also then saw him a week later playing six festival. songs. Yeah, in the daytime. I would have liked to maybe you know something like that, but um. So Howard Jones, for those who do do not know, is not the uh, the old 
the old guy, the old British guy. Not the pop star from the 80s. No. He was the second singer in the Kill Switch Engage lineage, um, who, in my opinion, I think produced, not produced, but when he was with them, they were a better band than I think they are with Jesse Leach, although they are fairly similar, so you can kind of go either way on that. But I, I, End of a Heartache is one of, uh, I think, one of the better metal albums. I don't know if that's the album name or just the song, because I don't know that much about my Kill Switch, but I like them. All right. Anyhow, he uh, he he leaves Kill Switch Engage for with a couple, you know, health issues. He rebounds. He and then he goes and he starts Devil You Know with uh, what what was it? All shall perish. Yes. All shall perish. And Devil You Know created uh, a really good album called They Bleed Red, maybe. Consume the Damned, maybe. Um, I know Consume the Damned is pro- uh, one of my favorite songs on that album. They Bleed Red, I believe, is the album. Anyway, that album came out in 2014, I believe. Or they had a 2014 or 2015, something like that. They've been active for a while. Then uh, I think 2018, 2017, 2018, they released Light the Torch's first album, which was pretty good. And then here in 2021, they released You Will Be the Death of Me, which, first off, let's just comment very very nice album cover uh everything that they've done thus far has been very like i don't want to say bland but blandish colors like warm colors uh, orange browns reds whatnot they pop out with this one and it's you know blue i don't really know what's happening um it looks like there might be some lovecraftian cthulhu influence but I'm further away. Is that what you see? Do you know who Lovecraft is? I do, but I, I wouldn't be able to do cite you, influences. Do you, do you know what Cthulhu is? I don't. You don't know? I asked it as a joke. Everyone knows who Cthulhu is. Yeah, I don't. He, he's just a sea monster of sorts it, in the, the Lovecraftian uh, world of literature. Interesting. I also didn't know what Kraken were when uh, when the Seattle hockey team came into existence. You didn't know what the Kraken was? No. Do you know what the Loch Ness Monster is? I do. Do you know what, uh, actually, that might be it. Um, there's one more that I can't think of the name of. Anyhow, so I will preface, I listened to this album yesterday, top to bottom, but I did it while driving, which plays into my never knowing what song is what. But I listened to it. Um, but I, I, I do not know most of the, like, I, there's a lot of songs I don't... The lack of research that you put into your segments. I No, no, no. I, the, I was busy. I listened to it when I could. I was driving a car across Georgia... I did my best, all right? Anyhow, this, uh, we did, I don't remember which single I, I listened to more, because um, I think, what does that say? What's the fourth one? Writhing? W- w- Wilting in the Wilting. Light, which I was going to cite as my favorite song Sorry. on this album. I, the W word I couldn't read. Wilting in the Light, I think. I think More Than Dreaming is the one that I liked, but Wilting in the Light also. Yeah, no, that's a solid song. I think I've listened to both those. I, I do know... The three singles are all really good. The whole album's really good. Howard Jones is up there on my. He's oh, a killer vocalist. He is like, and and uh, seeing him in the venue that we saw, which was very small, and we were very close, and we were very very close. I mean, and they were, were they were the opening. They were the yeah yeah. So they were the first ones out there. Um, so they didn't have the you know the big stage set, lots of effect. It was just basically those guys and a. Like somebody spray painted a sheet with light the torch or yeah. something. Um, 
but nevertheless, you know, killer show. He's got a great stage presence, really good vocalist. He he can go, you know, he can scream, he can sing, you know, go back and forth with that. And he's got a, he's got incredible vocal power. Um, I, I will say too, I, like I said, "Wilting in the Light" number the, the the fourth track. That that's probably my top track of the album. The last two on the album, "Come Back to the Quicksand" and "Sign Your Name," I really dug those as well. Uh, "Come Back to the Quicksand" had a really cool uh, guitar solo with a wah pedal. Yeah, I'm a sucker for wah pedals. You are, especially in metal because you don't hear a lot of wah in metal. And so when um, they went from "Devil You Know" to "Light the Torch," they had a very minor lineup change. I don't like only one guy. Um, and I don't know much about "All Shall Perish" other than that they've been labeled as deathcore. But I could also be making that up as well because um, it's been a while since I researched them. But all the guys in the band are, you know, you know, very, very talented musicians. And Howard has his long history of, like I said, going back to Killswitch Engage of, like, when, even when he was in Killswitch Engage, um, as, like, the, the new singer, there was a lot of stuff that was like, this guy is, you know, this, this guy is awesome. And then he has that long career with Killswitch Engage. He leaves Devil You Know, all that. And he's just kind of just had that this same of he just shreds his voice every time he uses it and it and it's it's really cool to see and it's also really cool to see live when you you do get to see it because you know a lot of musician not a lot there is the the uncertainty whenever you hear a guy that's good in the studio and you don't know if he's going to be great live just because there's a lot of things you can do to your voice now um there is and that brings up and and i was going to point out the the good production of this album okay because the the big gripe that I have with a lot of new hard rock and metal albums, and it's just something I'm going to have to learn to live with because it's the world we live in now, is the production. And everyone is enamored with their their MacBooks and their Pro Tools and all that. So it's all done via computers. Nobody really produces old style through a board anymore. And with a lot of these albums... I can hear the edits. Like I can tell where they they assembled the song on a digital timeline rather than just, you know, laying down your drums, laying down your bass, laying down your guitars and 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 I know that that producers have been editing songs for, you know, since the beginning of rock and roll. I that I get it, but there's something about doing it on a computer. You can and you know this from doing like radio production when you when you record a spot, you can cut out your breaths you yeah. can, you know you can tighten things up but uh, you have to use that sparingly because when you do it too much you hear it and if you, you you hear a lot in commercials when they're trying to like used car commercials and stuff where the guy's talking really fast and you know that they've assembled that i hear that in a lot of metal music i can just and and so then i wonder okay you created all this studio magic can you do it live yes and some bands can, and some bands can't. This is a band that can. They can. I, I, I wasn't going down that path, but you know, going, you can go back over the history, and you know, like a, a band that that comes to mind for me is uh, is Rat. <laughs> you know, I, I love Rat songs, but you go see them live, and you're like, huh, that was all done in the studio. We do love Rat, and, and I've seen them more than once, so I, I know that wasn't a bad night. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, Rat. getting back to to light the torch, I, I did want to say this. 
one of the things I dug about this, and you don't hear a lot in metal albums, one, the, the guitar solo with the wah pedal, there's what sounds like some synth going on in this album. Again, something you don't hear much in metal. They, they kind of push the boundaries a little bit on what metal bands are doing now. Yeah. And sorry to go back to this, but I just wanted to double check because you are closer. Is, do, do the orange parts of the album covers, do those appear to be tentacles? That appear to be like an yeah, octopus sure. divine. You could call it tentacles, or it looks like a scale, a skull there. I, well, a why skull? are you focusing on the? I don't know. I just, it just, I just, I'm. It's far away, so I was intrigued. Anyhow, <laughs> you you have a better seat than I do. Yeah, it's it's cool artwork. That's it where is I would, cool artwork. That's where I would have left it. Okay. Um. Yeah, normally I'm able to, you know, pick out my favorite songs, but this one. I, for other than the fact that I think just every song is, is really, really solid, the three singles that I'm more familiar with are really, really solid. It's just, I think, like the same when, whenever I listen to uh, Kill Switch Engage with Howard, the same when I listen to Devil, you know, I think Howard is, and this sounds like I'm taking shots at the rest of the band because I'm not, Howard is just one of the best vocalists kind of in modern metal right now. Um, you know, Whenever I'm thinking of like the best guys, Matt Heafy comes to mind, uh, and then Howard Jones comes to mind. I struggle to come up with someone kind of else in that in that tier. Um, maybe like a guy like Johannes again, but I I that I think that's more just because we we mentioned Avatar, but he does have the vocal chops to do a lot of those things that uh, Matt and Howard are able to to do. And so anytime that Howard Jones releases something or Howard Jones is affiliated with something, because we, did we talk about the Crowbot song with Howard on it? We did. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, you know what though? I think that might've been in our lost episode. Was that the lost episode? Crow, if I don't want to go too deep into in case we did talk about, but Crowbot has their song with Howard Jones on their, their new EP, um, where they had a few features in the, how, and again, he just does the verse at the end and, or like maybe even just the bridge. Um, but in Crowbot's a band that you you see collabs with Howard Jones. You're like, how is this going to happen, right? And it happens, and it's very good, and it, and it works. Um, he also did his collaboration with Mark Morton a few years ago when they did uh, that song on, I guess that was last year, um, Mark Morton's 2020 EP, I want to say. Um, their song, Becoming the Enemy, or I think it was called. Um, something with the Enemy. That uh, that one's also really good, and so just anytime Howard Jones is affiliated with something, I'm gonna gonna be a fan of it. But uh, especially with this album here, because I think Light the Torch, this kind of side project. I guess it's not a side project anymore. It's just the project. Um, since Devil You Know, I I li- I was listening to Devil You Know, you know, freshman sophomore year of high school, and um, they kind of disappeared because they did disappear. And I think I discovered Light the Torch shortly before that Avatar show. Like, I knew going into I saw Light the Torch, and I was like, oh, I wonder what this band is. And then I clicked on it. I was like, oh, this is just Howard Jones's band. Yeah, it was like a pleasant surprise. And then getting to see them them live. Yeah, getting night. to see was, them live. And and I had totally forgotten about this, but looking on the Wikipedia here, you remember uh, Jared Dines made a, an appearance at that show? He came out with Trivium? I do, and he also, Howard Jones did that thing. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, then they he, had a collaboration. He did that collab, because it was shortly after uh, Jared and Matt did their collab album, or EP. He does that song with Howard. That's a really good song that he did with Howard. Um, I think it, 
did you see that it did you see it's like scion or something yes yes is that with an s or a z hold on i scrolled up okay that's fine i don't have a good memory scion with an s a scion with an s yeah that's a really good song yeah, I, I'm just a sucker for anything anything Howard Jones, really. But this is a good album. Good, definitely going to listen to it a lot more. Um, you Will Be the Death of Me is the title of it. It yes. came out in late June, so it's it's only been out for a few weeks. But uh, it's a good one. It is a good one, yeah. It's on Nuclear Blast Records. Give them a shout-out. Always always like it when these uh, these these small labels are, are still putting out the rock and roll. Yeah. So and do we want to move on to the live Lacuna Oil? Lacuna Oil. <laughs> um, there should be a band called Lacuna Oil. Do you have uh, an alternative? Uh, no, I, I was planning oh. on going to that next. Okay. Well, I didn't want but, to spend too much time on, but on you, this. But you got one. a vamp while I type. Okay. So I'm also, I, I do, because I don't want to do a whole thing on this, because it is just their latest album, but in a fake live setting, um, which, I, I don't know, ironically is not the word. They released a fake live album the same week that Devin Townsend released a fake live album. And I use the term fake live endearingly, but that's what it is. It's well, not. They had a virtual concert. Yeah, they had a virtual concert. Um, so it's a live album. They're playing live. They're playing there's live. No, there's no crowd. There's noise. no crowd. There's, yes, yeah. which, is, which is where the. T- which honestly, most live albums are cobbled together kind of, yeah. anyway. Very rarely are they just recorded and put out. Yes. In, in, so it's called Live from the Apocalypse because they are playing from the Apocalypse, which they're probably just playing from their offices in Milan, Italy, which I was uh, trying to find that one time. <laughs> but like I said, um, it appears that this is just the most recent album, I think, from either 2019 or 2020. I can't remember which year it came out. Uh, I think 2019, um, which now that album's falling from my memory uh it, it black anima i think it was but i don't quote me on that i think it's it's it yes. is that album black anima from 2019 okay so it's i think it's that album like same order same everything um but it's it's live and lacuna coil i've seen them live before they're quite good live christina scabia going back to bands that we that can do it in the studio and can also do it live christina scabia can do it live uh if you were wondering <laughs> But yeah, I listened to this while I was traveling because when you're driving to and from Florida, you have a lot of free time to listen to things. And I listened to this and was very pleased just because I'm a big fan of live albums. But uh, also, then going, uh, Devin Townsend released his album, which is the same concept. I can't remember where it says it's live from, but it's like called like Live Galactic, Galactic Conquest or something. And there's a few music videos to go along with it i think this the i think this one's a little less put together than the the devin townsend one which goes into his uh he he was he was doing he's doing a series of live albums that's called like devolution um he had devolution one which was the acoustic one which i was a big fan of then devolution two here which is this this live one but both of them, I just want to talk to them because I thought it was a cool concept of doing a live album that's not live per se, right? It's they're playing live and they're doing their thing live, but it's not, you know, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, they're they're doing a performance on a soundstage, basically. Yeah. And and you know, other other bands. I mean, in the last year and a half, a lot a lot of bands did these virtual concerts, and some of them would do it from like Dirty Honey did it from the Viper Room in L.A. Um, 
the rival sons did it from I believe theirs was just in a sound stage. Um, Avatar did it on a sound stage. Yes, in the Avatar one, there's a lot of they didn't release an album to my knowledge, but they had all, right. all the videos on the internet. Right, right. Uh, Foo Fighters did one. So yeah, some of them do it at a venue. Uh, your your bigger bands that can afford to rent out a sound stage and put up a full rig and everything, a concert rig and a sound stage, which is kind of what these huge bands do before they go on tour anyway. That's how they do their rehearsals. Yeah. They they rent a sound stage, they set up the full concert rig, and then they they spend a couple weeks putting their their show together. Um but yeah, it's cool that it's cool that some of these bands have decided to go ahead and release them as an album. Yeah, I did listen to this Lacuna Coil one today. And you're I mean, it was it was odd in the sense that you knew it was a live album, but like I said, you didn't hear any you didn't hear anything to indicate that it was a live yes. album. And the fact that those two are they're such good singers anyway that and and such good musicians that it almost sounded like a studio album, but I have not heard the Devin Townsend one. I can't imagine that it's not awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, it's the Devin one, at least my interpretation, just because I don't really know how a lot of things like this are put together. Just looking at the music video, it looks like it is a little bit more put together than say this one was. Um, just cause it's very, it's not just like a straight up a band in a room doing things. It's, it looks more like a video where they're like playing in space. Um, so it's got a little production. That's what you're saying. The music video does. I don't yeah. know if the music video, like, if they just took the audio from the thing and then played over it again and made a music video out of it, um, because they did upload a few music videos to the YouTube's. I think the record label did, not the actual, or someone did. But the the album itself is, yeah, a, a live album. But, or at least to my line, like I said, I don't know how these things are put together. But the uh, the Devin Townsend one's really c- cool as well, just because, just by uh, there, there's like a point in the album, and it's the second half, and it's just because it's the second half, and I'm a poser. But there's the string of just like a lot of the songs that I I'm a big fan of Devin doing, and so you know, you, the first half of it's a little bit more. Not that it's I don't I don't want to say it's it's bad or anything because there's not a Devin Townsend thing that's bad, but Devin does have a lot of conceptual albums and like musical plays and things like that that are mainly instrumental and whatnot that are good if you give them a listen. But you can start it kind of in the middle of it, and then you have like you know a, a nine to ten song run of just kind of really solid um song there is devolution to devolution series number two there um because this one's this one is really live uh really long i'm sorry um hour 19 minutes 15 songs yeah but you can start it say yeah it's you, you can start it at the six six cut march of the poozer poozers which is uh i'm a really big fan of that riff that's a really 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 cool galactic quarantine that's what it was called um, but yeah, you can start it there and then basically six on is, uh, just a collection. You have, you have super crush and hyperdrive, um, storm bending, which are all Devin Townsend project. And then you have deadhead there, which is Devin Townsend band. And then you have aftermath love back to back, which are both strapping young lad songs. Um, then you go back into the final three, you go 
Devin Townsend solo, Devin Townsend project, and then I believe Detox is another strapping on Laxon. So it's a it's a collection of you know all the different projects that he's done through his his career, um, and it's you can see virtually live twenty twenty. So, um, yeah, I would suggest giving it a listen. Devin Townsend, we've seen him live doing acoustics, and it's an experience. Devin Townsend's a very talented lad, but uh, quite like the Kalukuna Coil album. It's just you know st- live, but in a studio i don't really yeah right live concert yeah live in a sound stage i don't thing. know if this not, this not necessarily a studio because it's not set up like a studio i know but in devin did do a few live concerts so, so this could very well just been one of those and then like i said they they created a video out of it um but yeah i just wanted to mention both of these because i did think the concept was cool and they were released kind of next to each other and we're big fans of Devin Townsend and Lacuna Coil here, so thought it would be worth a mention. Also, Lacuna Oil. Stop talking. You don't want them to <laughs> to get shortchanged. No, I'm shortchanging Lacuna Oil. All right. <laughs> That's going to be our, our Lacuna Coil tribute band. No. Although Lacuna Coil tribute band. I would like cool. to do an episode someday where all we do is research and and compile a list of tribute bands around and make the fun of their names and make fun of their names okay some of them are very clever what's the uh some of them look like they literally just looked at the first song that I'm that sorry. band ever did i remember it our <laughs> our local uh, you know and not to go down this rabbit hole but off the top of your head can you think of any of your not not necessarily ones that you'd make fun of but ones that you support that you're well you're our local of. pink floyd outfit I really like their name. Where did that name even come from? I was it, always wondering. It means that. the monster, and I'm not well versed in Pink Floyd, so I don't know what, if anything, it has to do with with Pink Floyd. Okay. But their 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 name is El Monstero. El Monstero. The monster. The monster. And I think it's actually something very very long, and they've shortened it to El Monstero. I see. But I again, I'm I'm not Pink Floyd's not one of my favorite bands, so I I don't know where that that origin comes. But they're made up of, of former members of the band Stir, which is a local outfit, and the band The Urge, which is also a local outfit, and an 80s band called King of the Hill. I see. You're looking at me like you don't believe that that was a real thing. I didn't I it, didn't it know was. that. It was. Well, I, I was... Um, but yes. Yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of great ones out there as far as names. I'm not, not even saying anything about how good the bands are. Just the names I, I get a kick out of. What? The very first, because tri- tribute bands are a thing now. 30 years ago, they weren't such a thing, but there was a, a touring, a nationally touring Doors tribute band back in the late 80s and early 90s. Okay. And they were called the Back Doors. And I saw them at a club, gosh, like 1990 maybe. And, and they were actually, I mean, I have a hard time listening to the Doors now, but when I was 21 years old, I was like, oh, the, the Doors are awesome. Um, and this tribute band really, they had it nailed. Like it was like seeing, I never saw the doors, but they, they, they just had it. They had it down. They sounded like the doors. They looked like the doors. And I don't even know if they're still out there, but. So uh, there's a, and I wasn't even thinking this when I brought this up, but this, this brings up uh, an interesting, uh, callback to one of the bits that we like to do here. Cause we like to have fun here at the way of rock podcast. <laughs> We we have a, a the ten- audience's expense. <laughs> we have a tendency to say say we're talking about any band that you can think of 
if they're not a band that's already called the blanks we will turn their name into the blanks yes and you you know what what my my origin for that is no back in the day when when we were young your parents didn't listen to rock and roll okay they didn't get it they didn't understand it and so so your mom would come down into your room and and this was if you inter- talk to anybody my age they'll you know their 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 parents or their uncle or their grandparents somebody did this oh are you, i are you listening to the pink floyds i think it all, i think um between at least the the two of us i think also uh it kind of started whenever we started referencing uh who is the black magic woman <laughs> that too but any home but but yeah that was a very common thing like i say if you talk to anybody my age that that's kind of a running gag because Parents, parents were out of touch back then. Well, the reason I bring this up is because there is one band that it gets mildly confusing for. Because if you ever reference the Iron Maidens, are you talking about Iron Maiden? That's or a the, show I've got tickets for. Or the Iron Maidens, who are... I didn't. I, I saw that you were interested, and I didn't know if you got no, tickets for No, I got it. a ticket for that show. I am going to the Iron Maidens, and I need to remember to go to that show. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, the Iron Maidens are an all-girl... Iron Maiden cover band or tribute band, I guess is the correct term these days. Yes, I don't know. I've I've never seen them. I know they have capable musicians. Um, Kim Nikki Stringfield is uh, endorsed she, by she Schechter. Can play. I don't know if they go as far as to like dress like Iron Maiden. Well, that would be weird. I, it would be weird. I don't Iron, think Iron Maiden do. doesn't really have a. They yeah, they really don't. Bruce I, I, does. It's stuff. just when Bruce. Yeah, it's and maybe their lead singer does does you know comes she, out in the trooper she, outfit. If or she something. comes out in the trooper outfit, you might have to leave because that'll be weird. <laughs> no, the rest of the guys like just wear cutoffs and shorts. That's true. Which would be weird if all of the Iron Maidens that, that, that is true wore cutoffs and shorts. And and honestly, it kind of bugs me when tribute bands go so far as to try to look like the band. I get it if you're like Mini Kiss. No, I don't. If you're a, a Kiss band, you should stop. But I, I think, like, say that should have gotten a laugh. Carry on. Say you're a ZZ Top cover band, and you have beards. Yeah, there's no reason for it. Just come out and. What if? Well, okay, hold on, hold on. But what if you like just if you're able to grow a Billy Gibbons beard or uh, what's the other bearded fella? You're gonna say his name. I'm gonna be annoyed. I can't remember it. Dusty Hill. Dusty Hill. Yes, because it's Dusty, isn't Dusty Beard? Um. Well, no, that's just how you can remember it. It's easy to remember because Billy's Billy. Uh, I, I, it's ironic that I'm saying it's easy to remember when I just couldn't remember it. But now that you said it, <laughs> I, yes. But then uh, Beard is the one without a beard. Is his name Jack? It's Frank. Frank. Sorry, I got him mixed up with Jack Bruce. I apologize. Other. I'm sorry. Um, but if you can grow a beard, you can grow the beard. I just don't think it's necessary. Learn to play the the songs. Do it, and and I, I'll go back back to uh, my back doors experience. They filled the stage with so much smoke that you didn't know what they looked like. It also, was all just silhouettes. If if you're able, although I will say, ZZ Top is one of those bands um, where if you're able to replicate the ZZ Top experience, I feel like you can get away with a lot of things. Like if if, if someone's doing a good ZZ Top cover where they're playing the guitars very well, but then they also bring out a fuzzy guitar. You're like, well, this is fine because you're doing a job. Yeah, it just it just seems unnecessary. I know a lot of tribute bands do it and and whatever, but I, I think it's unnecessary. So I imagine we're close to wrapping this up. We have to. Be. So we're, we're out of things to talk about. So I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna part part ways with a joke, if you don't mind. 
since we're talking about tribute bands, my favorite tribute band is Foreigner. <laughs> now you have to hope people get that. No, they won't. Uh, we saw Foreigner, and they didn't. And we've seen Foreigner how, three times now. Yeah, yeah, about that. And so, at least if it's two times, and only one of the times that we saw them. Mick Jones played only 70% of the show. Yeah, Mick Jones was in very poor health during that tour, and they brought him out, what would you say, about a third of the way into the well, show? Not even that, because that's the shirt that I, that's the one that I got the shirt that had the set list on the back. Yeah. They brought him out either for Cold as Ice, like right before, and then we just assumed, like, okay, they brought Mick out, Mick out they're going to play Cold as Ice, but then he finished the show, but they brought him in like Two, three or four songs in yeah there, and was, there was something about that tour he, he was in yeah he's an older man he is but and, it, it was just, nobody else in the band is an original member of yeah. foreigner and so we watched so we were literally watching a foreigner tribute a foreigner tribute band. <laughs> now i will say there is no evidence that uh kelly whatever his name is isn't lou graham <laughs> the fact that he's half his age well he could he you know it, but, this but the is man a, does sound sorry, just this like is, him. This is a foreigner noob question. Is Lou Graham alive? No, Lou Graham is alive. He had his own health problems. He had a brain tumor at one point. I see. Okay. Um, I saw Foreigner back in the early 2000s with Lou Graham. Riddle me this bad man. Famously, him and Mick Jones don't get along. And well. Lou Graham's also not an original member, so it doesn't matter. Who was, That's true. Who's, who was the first guy? Is he relevant at all? I, know, I, I, I don't know. Okay. Anyhow, yes. So we watched a Foreigner tribute band. But then the the last couple times, I don't know if it's two or three times at this point, um, Mick came out and they played the whole show and it was, it was a fine show. Also, next week, you're going to be able to open up and talk about your Sticks experience. <laughs> I was I was going to mention that because... We saw Foreigner and left before Sticks. Sticks is almost a tribute band at this point, <laughs> but... But at least Tommy Shaw, and I'm a big Tommy Shaw fan. I just sticks. I I got worn out on sticks thirty years ago. I so stick I'm, songs that aren't like twelve year old Jeff. I, I would not miss a sticks show. I would be like, oh my god, I get to see sticks. But at, yeah, now I'm like, eh. also, it's really hard to like enjoy a sticks song if it's not Renegade while the Pittsburgh Steelers are running out to the field. <laughs> Like Sticks is fine and Renegade's a cool song, but I put Sticks in the same category as I do Boston. What's the Sticks? They're both fine bands and they had great songs, but if I never heard another one of their songs the rest of my life, I would be fine. What's the Sticks song that's not Renegades? Oh, they had Come Sail Away. Come Sail Away, Blue that's Collar what I'm thinking of. Man. I, mean, I don't believe in the other ones. Come Sail Away was what I was looking for. But I believe that's the end. We we don't we, have anything to talk. We, we keep, have reached the end of the Way of Rock podcast. I wanted to make my foreigner joke and like leave the room, but I decided that I would stay so I could explain the joke because no one will get it except for you. But I thought you'd get a kick out of it. All right, email your angry comments to Jack. <laughs> now email them at it's the way of rock at gmail.com. We'll be happy to reply to those. Tell you you're way off base. Honestly, if if we got angry emails, I would love to read them on. Yeah, on we the show. we don't get angry emails. We, we don't because we either we... get, hey, we enjoyed the show, which is very nice. I, I I'm glad people do, or else we get the solicitations for interviews and whatnot, which I promise we'll get to eventually. I feel like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like that'd be very funny for me. It would. Oh, you know, if we had good angry ones, I would read them. Oh, at least I would. I would read them. Uh, that'd be a weekly bit. Yeah. 
I, I do love those. Anyhow. So yeah, if you've got a good angry email just waiting to fire off to someone, even if it's even not, if, yeah, even if it's not about uh, us, like say you're mad at the Ford Motor Company, yeah, just put our address on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll read it. We'll read yeah, all just, angry. What's emails. the CC? Is that the term? Exactly. CC us. CC us on all of your angry emails <laughs> just to other whenever. companies, and we will read them on the show. It's the way of rock at gmail.com. That's gonna do it. Next week we talk about Guns and Roses, User Illusion One and Two, and sticks. <laughs> and my sticks experience. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. <laughs>